1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything AT&T got my Prevnar 20 shot it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine for us wise folks it helps protect I'm 19 strong and asthmatic and at higher risk
0: may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site,
2: fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
3: Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime.
4: Welcome back, season two, All The Smoke, from our beautiful New York location. Excited about today's guest, uh, someone I really look up to in this space, one of the strongest black voices to me in the country, Charlamagne. Matt, the God. Please, Thank you, bro. Thank you. Your time.
0: Thank you for having me, Thank man. You know, What's bro? happening? You know, I love oh, All man, The Smoke. Man. I love when I get this opportunity to actually be on shows that I actually fuck with. listen to and fuck with. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? That's how we talk right. Breakfast Club.
4: That's how we We'll get into how we really working together later. But uh, let's just, <laughs> let's get into it, man. The, the The climate of America is on the brink of changing. I think it's it, it finally reared its naked head, and, and people are starting to realize that there's some real issues here. What is your just thought of where we're at as a society right now? I think wherever we're at, it's, it's no going back. I'm, I'm one of them dudes that first voted in 08 mm-hmm. when President
0: Obama, you know, mm-hmm. was in the White House. And I'm going to be honest, I only voted for him because he was black. Right. He was black and he was cool. He mm-hmm. had the culture, you know? Mm-hmm um but i think right now a lot of us are more politically sophisticated and we understand that you have to have the right people in office to make certain things happen, you know? And I think those rose-colored glasses that we all wore when Barack was in the White House, that's over. Like, I don't care if if it's Joe Biden and Senator Harris, whoever's in there, we are not just gonna be in love with them because Because. they're in there, you know what I mean? That's not where the change comes. The change comes is continuing to push once they get in the White House. So I think wherever we're at in this country, there's no going back, because both sides have been exposed, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we've been to It's Not All Sweet, And now the other side definitely knows it's not all sweet. But then we also know that there's a whole other
4: side. Fighting it hard. Everything is fine. What are you talking about? What are you all this shit you're talking about? What are you talking about? That's what trips me out is we've been able to wake some people up and and, and heighten their senses and and step outside of themselves and and be vulnerable to try to understand the pain uh, that the black community goes through. But there's a lot of people that feel like we're crazy for even addressing this. And what are we talking about? And it's all bullshit. Why, Why would they want to relinquish that kind of power? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they got power,
0: they got privilege. Why would they want to relinquish it? Mm-hmm. We definitely gonna have to fight for that.
3: Right. I, I kind of honestly feel like we're gonna be in this spot until Indian and Black Bud have a fingerprint on the Constitution of how this country is actually ran. Because the mm-hmm. president only can do so much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then again, I don't believe in voting for the the, the lesser evil. Evil is evil. You know what I'm saying? And, and if we understand that. The system is built for us to be in this position, and still fighting to this day. Then we have to have a say. So how it's ran, right? And that's really the only way we gonna stop this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, like I said, we vote for people that we don't even, that have histories of hating us. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So what kind of what kind of situation is that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? We have we we vote for somebody who we know hate us. Yeah. It don't make no sense. The
4: way I kind of look at that situation though. I mean, since since we're, since we're here now, I think as a black community, we ask people to understand and try to grow if you were a certain way. So the first thing everyone points out is, is Biden's tracker. And by no means am I justifying anything. It's just kind of just the way I kind of look at it. We look at his track record mm. and he you could definitely say he was against the black community. Yeah,
0: 86 86 mandatory minimum sentencing, 88 crack laws, where you got more time for crack than coke, 94 crime bill, like, yeah. So you could definitely like, <laughs> <black community> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for him to say anything other, to me, I just, you're right, I made a mistake. That's what I want to hear. That's mm. it. And then to, to me, but the, also, like I said, so the way I'm looking at his track record, he, he's quick to look at my, your track record ain't shit. I'm just going to be honest with you. But to me, it's just like, can he possibly change can he possibly see through a different lens did being with barack for that amount of time rub off on him so we're looking at someone who can possibly have changed where he came from on the other hand we know who this other who the current president is what he's about what his makeup is who his base is so to me, it's just like you, people say the lesser two evils, and I would agree to an extent, but I'm looking at someone who can possibly have changed. And if he's in office, he's going to have to prove that he changed because we realize he realized he could be gone after one term if he's able to make it. Or are we picking someone who we know who he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even look at Joe Biden as a change agent. I look at him as a pathway to change. because mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel like him the seat warm.
0: old white male leadership. That ain't the pathway to change no more. Mm -hmm. All white male leadership Mm -hmm. got us in this position. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From the inception of how this country was put together... It was built for this old white male patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And everybody else was considered secondary, third, Absolutely. fourth. So I don't look at either one of them as change agents. I definitely don't look at Biden as a change agent. I definitely don't look at Trump as a change agent. But I think Biden is a pathway to change.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it like, like you say, talking about forgiving, let me go back to that. Because you know how they do us. We could be on TV. That's right. All the stuff we doing right now. That's right. We got a great show. All the stuff I'm doing in the community. But as soon as I get on CNN, the first thing they do is talk about the brawl. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So but, yeah. they want the, but they want us to forgive okay, They right. shit it don't work like that. That's no right.
0: That's why I personally don't give a fuck about criticizing Joe Biden. You <laughs> <He's like, laughs> shouldn't criticize Joe Biden, you're going to ruin his chances. F all that. Like, why can I not critique him, call out his flaws, call yeah. out his record, and still vote for him? Right. Like what kind of world do we live in? Where I'm supposed to just shi, right, just be quiet. That's, that's literally it's like you're telling people to shut up and vote, the way people tell athletes to shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna shut up and vote. I'm gonna vote based off my interests, and I'm gonna call out the things I don't like. And if you put some things on the table that I do like, hey, I rock with that.
3: And you saying forgive this person, but you got a cousin that took two dollars from you that you that you grew <laughs> up with your whole life, but you ain't forgave him yet. That's not right. one time. <laughs> you ain't forgave him yet. Still, Still mad at that
4: $2. him. <laughs> Still mad at him. Pivoting a little bit to the social justice movement. You know, I kind of feel like when Kobe passed, it was—it's it, been a domino effect of negative things to happen since then. Uh, we go back to nip, nip yeah. before yeah.
0: The yeah. nip before life ain't been the same. Right? I ain't gonna lie. I feel Talk like there was a in the matrix after that. Yeah.
4: yeah. Shit just been going like <laughs> Down, down, since, down. Yo. Down. That's a great point. You know, so we get to the pandemic. And then we get to the George Floyd situation, which, you know, my man right here was was front yeah, and center for front one line. of the, the biggest, or if not the biggest, protesting in the history of our country. What was your take from, from all that when that George Floyd video hit?
0: Man, I remember exactly where I was at, because I was trying to avoid it. And the reason I was trying to avoid it, because I think sometimes, man, we pass, we just pass trauma amongst each other. You know, you be mm-hmm. on social media and... It's another video of, of, of a video of this person, a video of that person. It's just like, damn, who are we trying to prove? We know what's going get on get
3: in it. our country. Yeah, like, You get tired of looking at yeah,
0: it. Yeah, the, the other side needs to see that. And I remember my homegirl called me. It was actually it was Tiffany Haddish. She called me, and we was on the phone, and she was telling me about it, and she was crying. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. And as I'm watching CNN, the video pops up. Mm. So I was forced mm-hmm. to look at it. And I think that the reason that video was so impactful is because of that exact reason. A lot of us that know what's going on, we can avoid it. A lot of uh, white people can definitely avoid it because that ain't even their world at all. But when we were forced to be still because of that coronavirus and we sitting at home and we got to watch that eight minutes and 46 seconds, man, when I saw that, my my immediate thought was I felt defeated. And the reason I felt defeated, because I'm like, man, if this, 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 this black man can be out in broad daylight, this cop's kneeling on his neck, I'm watching all the other brothers and sisters around just feeling hopeless. You know what I mean? Not knowing what to do in that moment. I know they want to help. I know they want to react, but they don't want to end up dead. It's just like I felt defeated. I'm like, what do, what? What do we do? And then when I saw everybody start tearing shit up and burning shit down, I'm like, What's the? what, what other reaction did you expect from people? Like, it's only but so much
3: man. A, a, a community of people can take. Especially in the city where it's been going on. A lot of people didn't even know that.
4: Well, I say when the George Floyd situation hit, unfortunately, when we've, like you said, we've become so immune to it, we see police brutality, it, It's, it's a shot and kill. We saw for nearly nine minutes a man suffer and beg and plead and call for his dead mom you know yeah, what I mean man. like I think that having to see like you said having to see that because the world was still is the reason that the the, the light came on and, and some people said but then at the same time instantly he did this and his his past is this and he he was he was resisting and he was doing all this and he you know he had underlying like the, I mean even the uh, coroner came out and, and gave you know a bullshit uh yeah. you know an autopsy uh result so it's crazy that even when we when it's on your face in front of your children to your grandmother mm-hmm. and everyone can see it, you still try to deny shit. Yeah, it was the lack of empathy for me. It, it was
0: just the lack of empathy of watching that 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 devil have his knee on, on the brother's neck. Mm-hmm. And no you mean to tell me not one other officer that had the empathy to be like, yo, man. Just for a second. Just, just for a like, second. On, like, man. god damn, until, not, not one.
3: Until you seen the other interview, I mean the other view where they go on the other side of the car and all of them, and on, all top of them of him. on top
0: of them. <sighs> It's like, yo, what faith are we supposed to have as black people in this system? Like, seriously, like that, I I, I can't remember the young lady name, but when she said they should be lucky black people just want equality and not revenge, Mm -hmm. that is a very powerful statement Mm -hmm. to make because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, we should
4: all just be tearing this shit up Mm -hmm. based off the the history that we, based off what we've gone through in this country. And then the first thing they want to point out is the fact that things are getting torn up, but they never want to talk, well, like, well, why is it getting torn up? (laughs) Why are they doing, they're they're just, are they just wild animals? That's the, the way they want to paint us and act, but... Let's address why they're frustrated. Why, they're, why did Kentucky board up the downtown before they gave the yep. result of the cops? Yep. Because it wasn't because they knew. Why did they tell the cops not to go on vacation and stay? Like Because they knew they weren't going to serve justice. Mm-hmm. Like Let's look at the root issue of why this other shit is happening. I loved it too, though, because it activated so many people in our community. Like Of all like,
0: colors. Man, when I saw Steven and Trey and Tamika at that press conference, man, I'm just like, wow. You know, and I know that it was people telling you to stand down. Yeah. They're like, oh, Steven,
3: you good. You got millions yeah. of dollars. What uh, you care for? Yeah, well. But what they, was that they, like, though? But they, I they, mean, they, you know, I didn't pay no attention to it. You know how I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always been my brother's keeper. You know what I mean? And like I said, that's the closest person like, I consider my twin ever in my life, you know, even though we wasn't real brothers. But I did what for him what I do for any one of my brothers. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if it for me to go stand up and use my voice and, and my status to speak up, for justice for, for anybody. You know, I, I was going to do it, head, out, head up, chest out. But well, what was it like for you? You've
4: been a leader in locker rooms and on the floor, but what's it like being a leader for a culture, for a movement, for something that the country has never seen, the world has never
3: seen? I just lead with my heart, bro, just try to do what I know is right, you know what I'm saying? I, I treat everybody the same. You know, I don't have a history of racism. I don't have a history of hate towards, towards nobody. So I walk it how I talk it, you know what I mean? I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And what you see is what you get with me. But at the same time, I know I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know, just mm-hmm. like we talked about, I might not see what I'm fighting for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as long as I have, I know I had a hand in it, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm living a, My my death is going to be worthy. How do
4: you feel, even though you are doing what's right, you're met with so much— Pushback, resistance, death threats. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that? Because I'm sure you've probably faced it. You're very vocal in in, in space. I I'm know I've death it. threats at yeah. this point, especially
0: yeah. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get them so much. It's just like, oh, okay, you want to see me dead? I can literally tweet out, thank you God for blessing me with another day of life. And somebody be like, I was praying you died.
3: Mm-hmm. Literally mm-hmm. every day. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But, but what they don't know is when they do stuff like that, you're just showing how you, how much you dine inside. Mm-hmm. You're showing yeah. how miserable your life yeah. is.
4: And, it, and, but and how powerful we are. And then the, the, they see, like them and said, why would they ever want to give that away? Because yep. they see us, they, they've done everything they possibly can to keep a whole community, a whole set of people down, we continue to climb the ladder. Well, that's because we
0: divine. Though. I always say that. Like when I, I, I be speaking about black privilege, right? And you know, people hear me say that, and they're like, oh, there's no such thing as black privilege. But I'm not talking about something systemic. I'm talking about something spiritual. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, mm. I really do feel like it's a privilege and an honor to be in this black skin. And I feel like where their power lies systemically, our power lies spiritually. Mm. And I feel like that's why things are shifting now, mm. because... For, I'm not gonna say for the first time, but for the first time in probably a long time, it's the collective mindset of black people saying, no, something has to that, change. Yeah. And they're putting energy towards that and speaking it into the universe. And it's just like, things are literally shifting around us systemically. Uh, right now. now we're getting a chance to really get like some su- some systemic change happening. Mm, right. So. I think it's a beautiful thing. At the end of the day, when this year is over, we're going to look back and be like, that was the the year that was the catalyst to change.
4: You know, I face a lot of kickback personally because I'm biracial. You know, my mom is Italian, my dad is black, and people were like, "Well, how are you so this, this, and that?" Because I've seen the good and bad on both sides. I've got it. I was not growing up, I was never white enough, I was never black enough, so I've seen the good side and bad side from both sides. But there was an incident in high school that KKK came and nearly, damn near burned my high school down, and that's when I realized, like, no matter how p- proud I am to be biracial, like I'm looked at as a black man. You look pure
3: like nigga Steve to me. hundred <laughs> <100%.
0: laughs> percent.
3: I never knew he was biferational till you said it. Oh, no. I, I, when you <laughs> if you meet his daddy, you'll be like, Yeah, you a hundred percent nigga, you meet his
4: daddy, wow, bro. It. His daddy the to change. 2.15 2. in the morning, that's how purple he is. Yeah. <laughs> people don't understand. Like, when what, what you talking about you're half white, I'm just like, you're right. And I'm, I'm very proud to be that. But in this world, you're not, as a biracial person, you don't get a choice. They make it for sure. you. Like, bi- Obama's biracial. Yep. But what is he? Our first black, black president. president. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? So if you get a drop, a, a drop of black in you, that's what you are. And people have a hard time, even from the black side. You, you yep. ain't black. I'm just yep. like, all right. Yep. You got me. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's there's a lot of inter battles amongst the bigger battles that need to kind of Mm -hmm. cease and understand. Man, if we come together as black and brown and then all of our other allies throughout the rainbow of colors, we can really make a change. But that's the only way we're going to do it. It's not just going to be basketball in the bubble. It's not Mm -hmm. just going to be celebrities. It's going to take all of us together to change something we didn't create in the first place. You feel like a sense of privilege? Me? Yeah. Never. Never, right? It's Never impossible. have I. And the- people and people well you're rich because well, collection. <laughs> 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 Just with the ladies. motherfucking at me. Just with the lady. <laughs> but people, like you like you said earlier, like, d- Jack, stand down, you're rich. Like, people, that's the first, well, you got money, you don't feel like, but, but we came from this. We, yeah, this yeah, will be, yeah. we came from food stamps. We came from mm-hmm. sharing bedrooms. We came from moving. I came from drugs and drug abuse and violence and, you know, all that kind of shit. I mean, privilege from the white side, though, if no, so you because if police. No, because I never, I, 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 I wouldn't say privilege. I, I get lucky because I play basketball sometimes, so they'll okay. recognize that gotcha, side. Gotcha. But as far as just, nah. Because mm-hmm. regular everyday life, a police officer no. can't tell that you right.
0: half white. Like, he don't and don't care.
4: Right. Don't
0: give a fuck. You know? right. If you tell him that, he probably be like we got somebody here on drugs right now.
4: Can <laughs> we send more? you some backup, please. What do you feel like the NBA's role has been um, in the bubble? And did you kind of like the idea of them going back, or did you think they shouldn't? I liked the idea until Stephen made me think twice about it when
0: he said. <laughs> 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 I was all for it until I saw <clears throat> Stephen say man, they don't need to come back, we need to, you know, this is a chance to get some real change. And I was like, damn. So that was a whole nother conversation that started. Should they go mm-hmm. back, should they not go back? Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like they should have went back because I knew eventually the news cameras were gonna go away from the protest. Right. Mm-hmm. And being that I knew the news cameras was going to go away, we needed those brothers on that stage Continuing to do exactly push. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. the push. You know what I mean? To keep that conversation going. They mm-hmm. did. LeBron did. And I heard you say it on, I think it was the first episode of All the Smoke, where you was talking about how... The the little known players, the lesser known 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 players, they didn't have a voice. We wouldn't Mm have heard, we wouldn't heard them. Exactly, but now when they speak at that bubble, uh, it resonates. Yeah, the NBA logo,
4: and that was my only push. And Jack and I, you know, agreed to disagree, and Mm -hmm. and both saw points on both sides because we were on opposite spectrums. Like I thought, just what you said, like their voice is much stronger. It's going to resonate. It's going to go around the world when they have the NBA logo behind it individually we're going to hear lebron we're going to hear cp Mm -hmm. but do we hear doc's plea do we hear george hill's plea do we hear fred van plea? like we don't hear these other pleas if we're not together in that bubble what do you feel like now that we're coming to an end um to keep the momentum going that the nba in particularly can do to keep this message going i don't to be honest with you i'm not sure outside of like real
0: Donations into the black community. Like I saw the number that they put up. I think it was like three hundred million over 10 years. That ain't shit for the Spent, NBA. No, <laughs> hell no. Thank right. you. But then, but then how 30, do we know where for, it's going? How do we know where it's for going? For thirty exactly. owners,
4: like that's my my thing. Is I just I, I think the owners should step up because to be honest with you, lo- a lot of these owners are on the exact opposite side of where their players stand. Mm. The exact opposite side. And when you're an owner, you're a billionaire. You have these connections to be able to start conversations, open up dialogues all, in whatever political avenue you're in you know what i mean so i just think it's more of because a lot of them didn't want to talk there are some that went out of their way to talk there's a lot of coaches that went out of their way to talk but a lot of them sat on their kept their mouth shut Mm -hmm. and sat on their hands Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so to me it's more about align with your players understand what your players are talking about even if you may not completely agree but just have this conversation and we need the owners and players to come more together and you hit it on the head 300 million sounds like a lot to the average people, but over 10 years, with, no. if you think about it, these owners are playing each, you know, they're two star players over 300 million. Mm-hmm. You know what Easy. I mean? So it's mm-hmm. not for 30 people to come. It, it's that wasn't I think it's a great start, but I think it's not enough. And we have to continue to keep pressure on them because they're you know, their arenas are in these. Predominantly poor cities, and you know, you, people have to budget a whole month's salary to go to a game mm-hmm. and take a family, and to get food and, and to buy, you know, merchandise and that kind of stuff. So I like
0: I like Robert Smith's two percent plan, where he wanted all of these top corporations to put two percent of their net income into black-owned banks. Mm-hmm. Because then the black-owned banks could take care, basically, uh-huh. of the community. People can right. go there, get loans, you uh-huh. know, house loans, whatever it is. That's dope. They, that, that's something the NBA should commit to. Because a lot of these problems that we have in these communities can be fixed by people with money. They don't gotta wait on government. Uh-huh. So they should be talking... And, and I also think the NBA needs something kind of like um, the NFL has with the Inspire Change thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or, or what, the thing Rock Nation them is heading. Like, they need somebody to dictate where that money goes. Mm-hmm. Like, give it to the brothers that's already on the ground yeah. doing things. And it's
4: not necessarily a big name. Some of these big name corporations are just sucking money away and it's not, we mm-hmm. don't have no, but get in touch, you should have like a city leader in every city that you trust or some kind of liaison that tells you like, yo, that group over there is really That's doing right. something for that, that That's group right. over there is this, so let's allocate, let's throw them three million, let's throw them seven, you know what I mean? That's so right. to really know where the money is because until you're walking, because every neighborhood is different, Houston's problems and Atlanta's problems are different than mm-hmm. the, the, the problems in Sacramento and Oakland, you know what I mean? So you have to be in tune with who's in these cities to see which programs best fit and best work in these cities, but there needs to be transparency on where this money is. Is definitely going. I thought the NBA did a great job of keeping the players safe first and foremost, uh, with being in the bubble and, and being tested and, and, and doing a great job at that. And then you see this administration reckless, maskless, <laughs> calling it a yeah. hoax, making fun of whatever, and now the president has it. Like, yeah. what kind of irony I don't is even, that? I don't think that's irony. I think
0: he earned it. I think he earned it, and he got exactly what he deserved. Like, if you're going to throw your middle finger to something and act like it doesn't exist, that's usually the thing that punches you right in right. your face.
4: And that's what happened with COVID. And what did he say when he got the number of how many people died? it is what it is? It is what it is. It is and what so it is. And so you
0: cannot feel bad for people feeling like that towards him. No. Now, I'm not not—I'm the type of person, I don't wish death on no, nobody.
4: I don't wish death on him at all. But I don't even believe
0: he really got the shit. I, he would have to die in order for me to believe that he <laughs> really got it. I I'm being you.
4: honest with you, because it's, it's October. We got that whole October surprise thing going on. And you saw someone tweeted maybe two weeks ago, this is going to be, I posted it the other day, says, this it. is going to be Trump's October surprise is he's going to be sick and he's going to dominate the headlines for two weeks on how hard he's working with these fake pictures of him working and scribbling his name. on Absolutely. It. Like the gimmicks are incredible.
0: And it might be a cash out plan, right? If he know that he leaving in in, in November, right? He know he getting voted out. He might have an investment into the pharmaceutical company. Mm. And he's out there telling people he's taking these experimental cocktails. I saw the stock shoot up for, um, it's something with an R. I can't Bleach? Remember. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's something <laughs> with a, uh, I can't remember the name of the pharmaceutical company, nice but but it, but it shot up two percent mm-hmm. after he told everybody he took this experimental cocktail, and they from Queens. He from Queens. The people, the founders of the company. I don't know. That's just how I be thinking.
4: He's always had a mean mean hustle to me before this presidency. And before he kind of showed his head or whatever hand he's had to play to get to where he's at. He's always had a mean. He hasn't always won, but he's
3: always been a mean, hustling business. He's trying to benefit. He got a motive in everything he's doing, bro. I
4: mean, it's what role would you like to see the black community play um, not only amongst us coming together, but on the federal level and then the state level of, of, of power. We need more black people
0: wanting to be a part of that system. You know what I'm saying? Because even though I think the whole system needed to be overhauled, everything, I I think they need to start over. We need to write a whole new constitution, a whole new bill of rights, everything, because we were not at that table when those things were initially written. But until we can do that, we got to have people that are in these positions of power and we have to empower them in order to be able to give them the strength they need to stand up to that system. Because what happens is a lot of us get in those positions and we just go along to get along. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? We're not trying to rock the boat too much. It's just like, so what's, what's the point of you being there? Right. We don't need black faces, you know, in those spaces just because. I want you in there because you care about our interests. So I would encourage, like, when I see Scarface running for political Mm, office in Houston, I like that. Yeah, I want to do
4: some shit like that, yeah.
0: I know you want to run for mayor. I I, want to see Killer Mike get in the politics. I want to see people that I know have our interests at heart mm-hmm. get involved. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of us might be scared because we know them background checks is crazy. <laughs> right. But who cares?
3: <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So else though. So it is. It is. So it is. The yeah. background's yeah. crazy,
0: too. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just want to see more of us in those positions of power, and I want them to know that we got their back and we're empowering them to really show up as they full selves. That's
3: really the biggest thing, right? You, you're right, because that's been our biggest problem. We scared to get behind our brother. And even though we know any going direction, we scared to get behind him because we want to lead instead of just following him right. and being mm. a team player. Mm. That's Let's our biggest it. problem.
0: I always say it. you can get you can get way more done when you stop worrying about who get the credit for. Right. Mm.
4: I mean that's what that's a Doc Rivers thing. Be a star in your role. I mean, everyone has a role to play. We can all we all have a role to play in together. You know? We know who the leaders
0: are. Like when I see Tam- Tamika Mallory is my
4: leader. Yeah. If you, have if you have to call yourself the leader, you're probably not the you're leader. You're probably not the leader. Right. Does, right. Like, well, like, like, if you have to give yourself a nickname, my nigga, that's not really your nickname. Well, right. You know what I mean? Like your nickname is, <laughs> I'm killer. Right. Someone else is supposed so you're so dope in <laughs> what you're doing is how you're supposed to be a leader or how you get these nicknames. So anyway, so how do we get to this point? Your upbringing, your parents, Jehovah Witness, your dad was, went from Jehovah to practicing Islam. Um, what was that like growing up? in a situation like that? I mean, you know, when you're a
0: kid, you don't really have no say in the matter. You know, you're, you're, my grandmother's a Baptist, mom a Jehovah Witness. When mom said, get up and it's time to go to the Kingdom Hall, it's time to go to the Kingdom Hall. When my dad gets this fellowship from the Kingdom Hall and he gets into Islam and he hands me the autobiography of Malcolm X, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. When he hands me message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad, mm, I yeah. read message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad. When he tells me to sit down and you're going to watch these speeches from Donald and Philist Fragon, I sit down and I watch those speeches. It's really just about what, Sticks with you as you get older, and what I realize is a little bit, a little bit of all of it. Did. Mm. The stuff that Jehovah's Witnesses taught, it stuck with me. You know, except for the holidays. My 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 wife and kids love the holidays, <laughs> so we we'll definitely do Christmas. But being a Muslim, uh, Islam, like all of that stuff, sticks. I don't really consider myself anything. But there's a little bit of everything from all of them. Mm-hmm. you
3: got to relearn yourself, you got to reteach yourself, too. A lot of stuff that I was taught as a kid, I don't believe now. Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a as a man, an adult, I understand stuff differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of stuff was told, you told to the you. You seeing a point of view. But a lot of stuff was told to you as a kid to really to put a band-aid over some shit and, right. and not really give you the full understanding. That's right. But as you become an adult, some of those things you don't believe, you understand now. I yeah. heard you
4: say, uh, I don't even know what show it was, we were just talking off air. Blame it on the weed, not my heart, that you, you've you learned more in this this last six, eight months than you remember learning your whole life. Yeah. Like, because you educated yourself and, and, and made the effort to educate because yourself. Because I want
3: to know what I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I ain't never talked to you about going back to school and getting my history degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the process of doing that because it sparked, when, when bro died, it, it sparked something. God put me in a position that I didn't ask for, like I always say. But it sparked something that was supposed to happen. And my heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. so everything that I'm trying to do, I want to know what I'm talking about. Right. and being educated with, about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the done. same
0: way. I just know that I'm never going to be as smart as some people. Like you hear Michael Eric Dyson talk. Oh yeah, no. Nah, you nah, hear nah. Killer Mike talk. No. You be yeah. like, hey man, they just got it. I just <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> want <laughs> to
4: get words that yeah. I can never understand. <laughs> to me, my thing is just knowing what I'm talking about. I can't That's be. It. You know what I mean? Some people are blessed to be educated and be able to just spit that. Like some of these rap, like Jay Z, is just very intelligent. They yeah. could just put it out there. I just so, want to have a proper understanding of things. Right. And even when
0: we go back talking about religion, I remember when I started doing personal Bible study with one of the brothers at the kingdom. He would come to my mom's house and do personal study with me. And as I started to read the Bible for myself, a lot of it just didn't make sense. Like I said, Adam was the first man. He was the first woman. They had Cain. They had Abel. Cain kills Abel and goes off and finds a wife. I'm like, well, who? I thought it was only four people on the planet. Yeah, it's a lot. What happened? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's a lot, bro. And it's just like, I remember remember reading uh, Deuteronomy 14.8. I think Deuteronomy 14.8 says, you should not touch the flesh of a dead pig, nonetheless eat it. And I remember asking the brother about that, because we're from the South. We Mm -hmm. love pork. He's like, oh, if you pray over the food, you know, it's cool. It's good. So I'm like, the Bible also says don't have sex before marriage. So if I pray over the pussy before (laughs) I have sex (laughs) with it.
3: Same-same?
0: Same-same? <laughs> Is that
3: the same? <laughs> He couldn't explain that as easy as he did the pork, though. I never understood that. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's really both pork. They both pork. They right. pork.
4: <laughs> <laughs> as a teen, uh, you got in your fair share of trouble selling drugs, witnessed a shooting, got arrested had to go to jail and you you sat down for 41
3: days. Charlemagne had that pack? Yeah I mean you know what it was? I was in high
4: school
0: getting in so much trouble right and like my dad was my dad my dad is a, a street dude like mm-hmm. he comes from that like you know my dad had his bouts with alcohol and mm-hmm. cocaine but he also was a, a guy that was good with his hands so he had his construction business as well you know what I mean so he had kind of like that balance but he knew that the lifestyle I was living, he would always say, you're going to end up in jail, dead, dead mm-hmm. or broke sitting under the tree. That was his mm-hmm. thing to me. And so when I started getting in so much trouble in school, I got kicked out of two high schools. Like I got kicked out of Berkeley High School in Monsanto. What kind out. of
4: trouble was it, though? Like it's Disruption, man. Okay. I mean, you in class. South you, Carolina. Yeah,
0: you cutting up in class, class clown, mm-hmm. fighting, just doing dumb shit, that, like, mm-hmm. just, just dumb kid shit. Mm-hmm. And so then they transferred me to Scrafford because that's where my mom went to school at. And it's just like... That was around sixteen, seventeen. So then you start dabbling into other things. You know, you see your boys selling weed. You yeah. see your boys selling a little dope, and you like, well, let me get into that.
3: Let me try to figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and then
0: I'm, I'm just the guy who hung around those guys for a while before I got involved. Another you know, but the first time up. I went to jail, one of my homeboys shot at somebody, and you know, that whole no snitching thing. Right. So when they come to pick us yeah. up, it's yeah. just yeah. like, all right. So everybody, every, everybody got hit with a... It was an assault and battery with attempt to kill charge. Mm. So everybody got, everybody How old got old hit. were you at that age? Call. I think 16, 17. Because they, they came and got me from high school. And I was either repeating 10th grade... <laughs> uh, I think I was repeating 10th grade So therefore I was supposed to be in 11th grade So they was looking at like, 11th grade class Most motherfuckers say
3: Either I was in the 9th grade or the 10th grade like Either I was repeating 10th grade oh, no, no, no! Once I got to high school it was all
0: bad I failed 9th I
3: grade Then went to summer
0: school, passed, went to 10th Then failed 10th and when I failed 10th I think my pops was like nah you staying in 10th
3: <laughs> So I stayed
0: in 10th because I was supposed to graduate in 96 I graduated in 98 uh, Same ninth with school.
4: me Oh, for real? Yeah, but I'm just regular. I'm just, 96. That's what I was supposed to be. Oh, but that was your class? Yes, I'm 96. We're 96. Oh, you're 92. Oh, are We're the same age. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jack okay. said he checked out in like 10th grade, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really
3: checked out. I, I really checked out. You didn't out. graduate high
0: school? Yeah, I graduated, okay, but okay. I checked out way same. before that. Two, three years before that. And you were playing ball? It was too? all
3: about hoop. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was all about hoop. It was ball and pussy. The teachers was cool with it, though. They didn't care. Yeah, they was cool with it back then. Now they telling on you. They was part of the plan back then. they rocking with it. They want to see you make it. Right.
5: Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com B-E-N.
2: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.
4: What was the path that got you going into radio? How did you know that was your calling or did it happen? You wanted it? How did it? How Honestly,
0: man, radio was the first thing that I ever did in my life that felt constructive and positive. Oh. Because before that, like, I was running the streets. The first time, you know, when you first get out of jail, you got to get a job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I worked just, at uh, Industrial Accoutrements Company. Up. It's like a warehouse. Got fired from there in two weeks. Then I worked at a flower garden. I worked there for a week. That, that shit was modern-day slavery. It was like me and a bunch of Mexicans out there, and I'm like, this ain't for me. Like So I quit that after a week, and then I don't want to say modern-day slavery either. I, that's, I hate when people compare things to slavery, but it, it was... It was, wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. Then I worked at... Um, a clothing store called Demo in the Mall. I remember Demo. Yep, and then I did telemarketing. So I was the guy that would call your house and try to sell you 10 CDs for a penny. <laughs> so, And I worked at Taco Bell at one point. My sister, she fired me after two weeks. But I'm saying all that to say, I I, I wanted to do anything except for be in the street. Right. That's it. I did not want to be in the hold street whatsoever. So your
3: sister fired you after two weeks? After
4: two weeks. He was the manager. She was the manager. She hired me in five minutes too. How much free taco bell did you get during that time? Too much. That's why he that's got exactly. five. That's why too he much. got fired. Too much the plug, taco bell plug in high school with the lit.
0: But that's why I, I I just wanted to do something positive, positive. and I, I I remember reading this acronym for peace, and it was positive energy activates constant elevation. So I knew as long as I'm out here doing something positive, things will grow, things will grow, things will grow. And then like most dudes in the hood. I wanted to rap. I'm clearly too short to want to play ball, so it's just like the people who I saw on TV that was successful that looked like me were usually in rap mm-hmm. or athletic. So I started picking up the pen and writing, and I, I remember being in this recording studio. I met this guy named Willie Will, and he did local radio at D93 Jams in Charleston. And I just asked him. I said, "Yo, how'd you get in the radio?" He's like, "I went down there and I got an internship." And I'm like, "Yo, is that easy?" He was like, "Yeah." Now this is 1998 in Charleston, South Carolina, so I ain't had to be in college and none that's of cool. that. And so that's what I did. I went down there and I got an internship, and like just being in that environment.
1: Mm -hmm. Like the radio,
0: you know what I mean? Watching artists come in and out and being in concerts, and stuff. I'm like, this is what I want to do. It sparks
4: up. That's it. This is what I want to do. When did you come to New York? How old were you then?
0: 2006. Came to New York for the first, well, not the first time. I had been to New York once before. I I didn't get on a plane until I was like 21 years old. 21, 22 years old. I don't even remember when that was. I remember uh, I came up here because uh, my, my people's uh, Never So Deep records, Dr. Robert Evans, his son, Blessed, they had a, 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 a studio, I mean, a, a record label called Never So Deep. So they was up here mixing records. And um, I flew up here with them for one weekend. But then to live up here, I came here in 2006. And that's because Wendy Williams and her husband, they were looking for a co-host I didn't even know. And I happened to be up here with them for a party. And she invited me on her show. And I was on her show for like 20, 25 minutes. And literally that night, they was offering me her co-host slot. But Mm -hmm. it was like, yo, we can't pay you. We can give you a place to stay. I'm like, shit, I'm making $8 an hour in Columbia, South Carolina right now. I might as well Mm -hmm. make that move to New York and see what happens. And that's what I did. I worked with her for a year and a half for free. How was that? Mm -hmm. Um, it was the best and worst time of my life.
4: Learned a lot, I'm sure?
0: Learned a lot from her just because she's such she's such a great radio personality, such a great media personality. But I also learned how not to treat people when mm. you are in that position, position mm-hmm. that they were in. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, I always say that was the best and the worst experience
4: of my, uh, uh, of my life. Because, yeah, they were terrible to people. Ooh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know
4: what I'm saying. Well, you hear that, with, with and I wonder because I don't know, and I don't like to judge, but you hear that about Ellen and how she had to hold, do a whole little makeshift with her crew behind the scenes because people said they weren't treated right. So it's that that, that, that kind of stuff used to fly under the radar, but that shit's not flying no nah. more.
0: And it's a good position to be in now, though, because once you call somebody like Ellen out, the only apology is changed behavior. Mm-hmm. So now her staff probably getting. Car services and bonuses
4: and can I help you? Do you need yeah. something? <laughs> Rose
0: petals being thrown yeah. on
4: the floor as they walk. All right. types of stuff. Cause that's the only way that she can right. rectify it. Prove it. So you had a, a a learning experience with Wendy, which catapulted you a few years later into the Breakfast Club. How did that whole how, how did you and Jen, uh MB come together? Well, I got fired
0: from Wendy November of 2008. That was just because, like, the economy was in the toilet. So, like, everybody was getting fired. Like, I got, I got fired on November 2nd. And the reason I remember that because President Barack Obama became president-elect on November 3rd. So I got fired November 2nd. They fired, like, 30 people. So I was cool with that, even though I had too much pride to go collect unemployment, you know what I mean? My wife was working at the time, so she was holding it down with the bills and stuff, and then my daughter, my first daughter, was born June of that year. So I was just a stay-at-home dad. And then I got put on the radio in Philly, like, around May of 2009. And so I worked in Philly for like eight, nine months and got fired again. Mm-hmm. And that time I went home. I was like, man, I said, this city shit name for me. I'm going back <laughs> to South Carolina. We all packed up, me, my now wife, my first daughter. We went back to South Carolina. I stayed there for a year. But, but prior to that, I always had kept in touch with my man G-Spin, you know. And um, G-Spin was the assistant program director at Power 105 at the time. And he, he was the one that kind of like he had bought Envy in. He had me on the radar. And then he was telling um, Cadillac Jack, who's another mentor of mine, just about us, constantly. And so it literally meant I was in New York for the summer once. And I, and that the summer of 09, I remember hitting up G Spin, like, yo, I'm in town. He was like, yo, come to the station right now. So we I, I went to the station. And when I went to the station, he was like, yo, my, 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 my boss, Cadillac Jack, he's been in here watching your videos all morning. Because me and Duval was doing the, little Duval was doing the Hood State of the Union, which was like a, a web series that we would do. We would just talk about topics, you know. This was before podcast. So that's what we was doing. Right. And Cadillac was like, "Yo, man. You know, we had this whole conversation. He actually asked me about Wendy's husband because I had had a meeting with them before, and Wendy's husband was with me. And when, unbeknownst to me, when we had left the meeting, everybody that worked in that building was like, "Yo, you cannot hire Charlemagne if Wendy's husband is his manager. Oh, really? That guy is bad news. Mm. Right." So I remember him saying to me, uh, uh, is that still your manager? And I said, no. He said, why? I said, because when I pray to God to take neg- negativity out of my life, he's not swinging at things. He's swinging at people mm-hmm. that are the embodiment of that negativity. And I'm like, and he was like, oh, okay. <coughs> and then he was like, Yo, how long can you wait for this job? <clears throat> and I'm like, for this? Whenever the opportunity presents itself. Right. And then, like, I think we started in November of that year.
4: Mm-hmm. And that was
0: 2010. You guys are 10 years deep now, right? Yeah. Next month, next month will be ten years. Mm. Yeah, or whenever they say, I don't know when it's hand, but yeah, November, November will be ten years.
4: Who were some of the most memorable interviews you had, <clears throat> from the beginning to uh, up to current?
0: Man, that's that, that's such a broad question because I really sat down in front of people that I never thought I'd be sitting down. Mm. In front of, you know what I'm saying? When you, I've been doing radio twenty two years. Mm-hmm. When I sit back and I think about when I first started, you know, I, I've sat down with senator clinton senator hillary clinton and senator sat down with the honorable minister Lewis farrakhan quite a few mm-hmm. times i sat down with dick gregory
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know angela bassett like stuff like that freaks me out like yeah. I asked angela bassett like mm-hmm. i don't know how everybody else feel about her but me i'm like yo i've sat down with magic johnson like i get to, i got to ask magic about catching hiv mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like and, and asking them a, a question of that i've always thought about like when you first got it, did you think about every little woman that you've been with throughout your whole life mm. and be like, damn, I bet you it was a young lady mm.
4: from Sacramento? And he was like,
0: hell yeah. That's you know what up.
4: I'm saying? That's fucked up. he said Sacramento. No. Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, nah, it just like those
0: conversations. Right. I never thought I'd be able to ask the stuff I've always thought about with people to them. Right. You know mm. what I mean? So it's just like, man, I don't. I I can't sit here and say which one is more memorable because sitting down with Lorenz Tate is memorable to me. Right. You know okay. what I mean? Mm. Like sitting down with Neil Long is memorable to me. This is memorable as sitting down with a vice president Joe Biden. Or any of those ones that go viral. Like you know what right. I mean? Like all of these people mean something to me in in in, in various ways.
4: Was there a person or a time you felt kind of like, damn, I just interviewed so and so, like I feel like I've made it now. Was there a time like a that light came on? When did you feel like you had made it?
0: Uh, nah. No, no, I still know because, you know, we live in such a fast paced world. You're only as good well, as your last uh, conversation. Yeah, you don't have time right? to sit. Real- so it's just like well, I'm supposed to just sit back and be cool because Hillary Clinton talked about hot sauce. It's like, nah, what's next? Mm-hmm. And then literally, you know, what's so crazy that week that, that Hillary Clinton hot sauce thing was Monday. That Friday was Birdman. Put some respect on Monday. Mm-hmm. so it's just like that's the way Shifts. it moves it moves right. just that fast like hillary be your biggest interview on a monday literally that was our biggest interview ever on a monday and then friday no this is really your biggest like numbers wise analytical out analytic wise this is your biggest interview ever so it's just like i don't know i don't never feel like i've i've made it i haven't, I haven't got to that feeling i did get to a place of worthy and i got to that place last december you know what i mean just feeling like i'm worthy like not dealing with imposter syndrome,
3: like mm-hmm. feeling like
0: I'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be because God wants reason. me to be here. Everything here you get, me. you deserve. Absolutely, yes, sir. But I never felt mm. like you know I've made it.
4: Who are some of the people you looked up to in this space, or who, who have actually mentored you uh, in this space?
0: Oh man, so many. I mean, from afar, people like Petey Green. You know, P mm. D Green, you saw the movie, Green that shit was dope. You know, there's a movie called uh, Talk to Me mm-hmm, that Don yeah. Cheadle plays. Yeah, classic, classic, movie. man. And like Petey is like Petey is what I think every black radio personality should be, you know? Mm-hmm. And he reminded me so much of me because he didn't have no formal training. Like, he was a voice in jail, yeah. you know? Like, that's how he basically got discovered and ended up getting put on the radio, you know? So it's just like him, the Tom Joiners of the world, because when it comes to the business of radio, those are the brothers that figured it out early. You know, they figured out that ownership part of it of it, of it early. You know, Steve Harvey, Doug Banks, you know, Sway. Big Boy, Angie Martinez, oh. Wendy Williams. Like, and, he, and the beauty of it, these are people, some of these people I've actually gotten a chance to get game from. Right, you right. You know, like In I worked circle. with Wendy for three years. In your you circle, right. Angie, I talk to Angie Martinez now, often, you know. Um, big Boy, he works at iHeart. Like, me and him have conversations. Sway's always giving me game, So it's just like I learned from all of them. You know what I mean? Because they all paved the way for me to even – be doing what
4: I'm doing. You mentioned ownership, which I love. Um, You've recently teamed up with iHeart and created Black Effect. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what that's about? Yeah,
0: the Black Effect podcast network, man. It's like um, the audio business is booming. You know, and I've been with Breakfast Club for 10 years, but I've been doing my own podcast, The Brilliant Idiots, for like six years. You know, so I I had a 10% ownership stake in a podcast network called Loudspeaker. You know, So I've been watching you know, just the inner workings of the podcast game from that perspective for a long time. And then, you know, when you sit back and you start seeing Bill Simmons doing what he's doing with the ringer and you see what Gimlet is doing and you see what Anchor is doing, you see what Barstool is doing, you sit back and you're like, well, why there's no
1: uh-huh. black
0: network like that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got these networks that have black shows, but what is the network that's like majority-owned black and is really paying attention to what's going on in our culture and really knows the voices that needs to be amplified. you know amplified. Mm-hmm. It's just like hmm. let me let me build that. So that's where my mind has been for like the past three or four years. And I knew my, my contract was up in December. I think I put myself in a position to where they would want to negotiate with me. Yeah. You know? I think I got yeah. a, a mm-hmm. little bit of mm-hmm. as Diddy calls it black leverage. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, look man, you know, I don't wanna be talent. Like, you know, you already know I'm in this podcast space. You know, I'm going to take this somewhere, so let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? As well you. And they was with it. It was, it was not. no hesitation. Like, literally no hesitation. So we created this whole other company called the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm majority owner of it, you mm-hmm. know, along with iHeart, and it's enabling me to use their resources and their finances to invest in us.
4: Mm-hmm. And I love it, too, because like we said, with the allocation of of the NBA money, they need to be able to work with pillars in those communities. Absolutely. You're a pillar of our community. So like you said, you're able to use iHeart's resources and and all the amazing shit that comes with iHeart to help focus on us and help grow us. And, you know, I'm excited to... Obviously having all the smoke as a partner.
0: Man, I'm with so black happy Effect. that y'all partnered. I remember I remember when they hit hit me and they was like, yo, we might have a chance to partner with all the smoke. I'm like, do it. <laughs> I'm like, I am like, do it. Give them whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. We you got know what I mean? And and, and and it was like, same thing, black leverage, because mm-hmm. y'all got numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't no, like they, they can't front on y'all. They can't tell y'all what they, they think y'all should get the numbers don't lie there's a there's mm-hmm. a market value
4: and mm-hmm. you either got to meet that or don't we know we work. That's we appreciate it, it man now, like i said we obviously Showtime. shout out Showtime. Show but yeah time. now i heart and black effect we're proud to be a part of that family too you know you and i talk once a week on just strategizing and how can oh, that was man. the first thing i told when i when we got over there I was like bro i want to help you really grow this shit like you know i'm not just a talking head on a podcast like let's like, they put someone in control now that really has a pulse for our culture. So that made me excited. Like, that gave me hope. Like, okay, here we come. And what, I, I hit him the other day. I was like, what, what do you think about a black bar stool? And he's like, shit, that's what we're trying to that's what I. That's what funny
3: I, you just said that the whole time we was on the elevator. You called him the black Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, yeah. yeah Bill because Simmons. I told him he was about to cash out yeah. like Bill did. I told, I told Matt, I'm like, yo, that's what I see all the smoke eventually being. He mm-hmm.
0: wants us to
4: give us a little, let me tell him.
0: Yeah, you that, I'm I want
4: to see all the smoke have... All the smoke
0: needs is its network. That's mm-hmm, all. Lame. Where they just rolling out those voices in sports that are like y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's it, and only y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Only Matt and Steven know who those other voices yep. are that are like y'all. Okay, like those guys that are cut from that cloth.
3: They're attracted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, like
0: that's 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 why this show works. There's plenty of sports guys have gotten together and done shows. But we ain't never seen sports from a real nigga perspective. Right. Mm. never. And that's just the never. truth to the matter.
3: Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything at&t the best conversations i have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking when we're not 100 sure yet what to write
1: hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
2: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
1: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
4: I've also liked that you've been for a while, like you said, you've had your podcast, you've dabbled in TV with productions. Uh, You have the Emerging Hollywood uh, on YouTube. One thing that I thought was really dope, though, because you've, we've been hearing your growth and in, 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 in your evolution as, a, as not only a, a black man, but a, a, a businessman as well. But one thing that touched me was the, 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 uh, the Wi-Fi situation that you provided was it, was it in Columbia? Yeah, Columbia, so, South Carolina. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Because that shit, just like, God, that was so dope. Yeah.
0: My man, um, Mayor Stephen Benjamin, you know what I'm saying? to Steve Benjamin, black man, Columbia, South Carolina. That's why local politics is so important, because mm. the, I can't pick up the phone and get to the president, you know what I mean? But I'm from South Carolina. Mm. I've lived in Columbia. My wife went to the University of South Carolina. I can pick up the phone and, and hit my man, Steve. And it's just a matter of like, yo, Steve, what? What does the city need right now? Because I usually do a book bag drive every year, and I've been doing that for years in my hometown of Monk's Corner, but that just didn't feel right this year. So I just reached out to Steve, and he was like, man, I'm so happy you hit me, and he introduced me to this um, company called Ignite Cities. And basically what Ignite Cities is doing is making sure that people have Wi-Fi in these various areas, you know? And it was just like, yo, this is how much it's going to cost, and they can make it happen. I'm like, that's easy, Mm -hmm. you know? So now that I did it, it, got, it gets the ball rolling on the city because now know, the city wanna, look kind of crazy. Like, oh, right. uh, man, we're letting
4: Someone came one in of our, our, our,
0: our, our citizens outdo <laughs> us. us. So now the next round, they got to handle that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, that's why I don't really like to talk about things like that, but I, I realize it's just like why people stunt, right? People stunt and they get inspired. Right? You mm-hmm. see somebody with a car yeah. that you want, you like, damn, I want that. You see somebody with a chain on am like, oh well, I want to do that
4: now. Like I said, the yeah. fact that I saw you do that, I was gonna ask you how because I want to get to the point where, like people don't understand, like we're in a new I mean I have kids and we're on online school and that shit is terrible, but I couldn't imagine if my kids couldn't get online and get their Oof, schoolwork right. done. You know, what'd you say? You saw some kids trying to take Wi-Fi from Taco Bell or yeah, something, they were sitting right next to Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. an article
0: I read and it was these kids, they was literally doing their homework at Taco. Right.
3: And
0: and then and uh Steven had already man Steve had already told me about it man Benjamin so I, when he when I read that article and, I, and he told me I was like man we gotta do this ASAP right like, let's, let's get
4: this done I need to yeah I'm, I'm trying to do that in Sacramento too so I need to get that info I'm gonna we're gonna talk word how important has it been for you in your journey like I said I just saying your praises, but how important has it been for you to empower the black voice not only in your space, but in the athletic space, in the politics space, in the community space?
0: That's all I care about. Like, if I was an NBA player, I would definitely want to lead the league and assist more than scoring points. Like, that's all I care about. Like, literally, like, I've always, regardless of what platform I was on, whether it was Breakfast Club, whether it was my podcast, whether it was the shows I was doing on Viacom, like Uncommon Sense, like, I always want to give everybody else an opportunity, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's how you live forever, right? Yeah. Eventually, your star is going to mm-hmm. burn out. Eventually, people are going to get tired of seeing you front and center all the time. Mm-hmm. So what keeps you alive? You know, What keeps open you alive for. is who you open the door for. When I look mm-hmm. at guys like Jay-Z, like, look at the, all the fruit off Jay-Z's Dr. tree. Dr. Mm-hmm.
4: Dre. Well,
0: I mean, no, no Rihanna. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Rihanna yeah. and Kanye. Yeah. J Cole, all those yeah, people like that. Yeah, Dr. 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 Another saved, another yeah, is another person who got right. fruit right. from a tree. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I want to be that. Like, you right. want to be that guy that you
4: empowered. But you're doing it in a new space, though, too. A new space. You're doing it in a new space. Music has been. They've had their struggles. Don't get me wrong. And they've been able to do it. But you're in this multimedia space that has has been and still is dominated by a certain culture so. yeah
0: I just want to do it for the things that I know I'm good at like I'm
4: good in the audio space mm-hmm. I'm good in the book world
0: you know what I'm saying so being that I'm good in those spaces I can provide opportunities in those spaces
4: right that's what's up mm-hmm. this motherfucking interview has been going this is probably my to me this has been the most smooth interview we've done yeah. just on pace yeah. on beat from
3: thing to <laughs> yeah. thing it's been he, yeah. it's flowing he even slid in a couple questions yeah he even <laughs> <doing> <laughs> you know, you know it's still in it <laughs>
4: Um shit, we're coming to the end. This shit went by quick as fuck. Um, top five hip hop albums in your minds.
3: Before uh, you start, Good Trouble. Eight songs I'm dropping on uh, George Plug Birthday. I'm gonna send it to you early though. Good Trouble? You got this called Good Trouble. Okay. Who I know you got Trey on there. That it was just me on there. Oh, all right. Just okay, me. okay. self so Plug, that's why we got a to show. Top, top five.
4: five. Yeah. I, either we can do al- we can either do albums or we can do art. Uh, Artists. Yeah, it's easy for me to
0: do artists. Okay, let's do artists. I, and I really do have a top, got a top seven. Okay, let me hear. My top seven is is, is Jay-Z. Number one? I he he probably probably means the most. Ghostface is my favorite mm. rapper of all time. Mm. But Jay-Z is probably the most important rapper of, 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 of all time to me, right? Then Scarface, Loveface, TI, Jeezy, Killer Mike, and, and Nas. Mm. That's that's my that's my top seven mm-hmm. that I can go listen to any of their albums at any given time and be be content.
3: Who's yours? My top five or mm-hmm. seven. What a top five or seven? Uh, I'm going. Park, Jay Z, Face, Nas, Bun B. Yeah, Bun Cole. Mm.
0: Bun Cole. We forget about Bun only because he was part of a group. Like, you name, if I name groups, yeah. I'm putting you, GK. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. But we forget about how cold Bun is, yeah. man. Yeah. I got Pop. I got Big. I got Jay. I
3: got Snoop. I got Nip. I was about to say, you got to, Much as you listen to Nip, bro, yeah, you got to for Nip and yours. Yeah, I
0: love Nip. I love yeah. man. Nip, that, that, that. That that legacy, that's what you call a stolen legacy, man.
4: So fast. Mm-hmm. See, I see I gotta listen. My brother always puts me out of music. So when I was coming to LA in 2009, 10, he's like, you gotta listen to Nip. Same. Like he just he don't fuck with him. So I, I started listening to his shit. And instantly fell in love, and then I came to the Lakers the next season. So I hit dude on a DM, and he hit me right back. I was like, yo, new to the Lakers, you know, went to UCLA, come to a game, came to a game, and just hit it off with him.
0: I mean, genuine
4: down-to-earth. And then I've seen him evolve from when he was riding around to little shows, and I'd be following him to to shows, and we'd be upstairs. I'd be with a bunch of 60s upstairs on the Lakers smoking weed. Mm -hmm. like, Is that... Matt Barnes from the Lakers back there smoking with me, you know what I mean? So I, to be able to see his elevation from when I when I when I learned on, on him in 09 to what he left us with. Like you said, that was a star shot down early.
0: I met I'm saying with my homegirl Debbie Brown. She was doing radio in LA on K Day. So when I used to go out there, she used to put me on all the new rappers. So it was Kendrick, it was Nipsey, it was mm-hmm. Glasses Malone, Bishop Lamont. And I remember hearing that bullets ain't got no name. I was like, God.
4: Co right. Damn. But his evolution too, what, what the the content in which he rapped it, and he rapped about his evolvement too yep. and his evolution of shit was. You heard it through every project. Man. Crenshaw, Mailbox Money, mm-hmm. up until Victory Lap. Mm-hmm. And that was what's To spooky. think about that was his first album though. Yes. Victory Lap was his first. I mean, he obviously he has, if you yeah, know his also. history, he's got his history, but that was just his that was number one.
0: And it was called Victory Lap. That's crazy. Like think about that. Your first debut album on a major label. Which ends up being your last album is called Victory Lap. Like it's almost like some foreshadowing. Mm, like, some Tupac um, shit. Like man, yo. He
3: said that. He said he Tupac of his generation. Mm-hmm. We gotta ask him a question that we we forget to ask our guests. So who do who do you think should be on our show next? But. When you answer that question, you gotta be somebody that you can help us get on here. Oh, this motherfucker know everybody too. I know he said Jay Z. That's what I said. Jay Z on
4: all the smoke will be
3: fire. Be I, yeah, I want to
4: see Shaq on here for some
0: reason.
4: I, I just tapped in with Shaq. He, he, Shaq, you been motherfucking Hollywood bro. We hit you last year. You said you was coming. Then Jack hit you and you said you was coming. Then you disappeared to start doing all these motherfucking commercials. Yeah. I just talked to him last week though. He gave me his new number. He said it's on. He said as soon as the playoffs are over, playoffs are about to be over, Shaq. Man, we know
3: you. We know you gotta go to all. These banks make all these deposits because you're getting all this money, but you know, just Makes make a little time for us. for us, man. You know, I think you know why I want get...
4: to
0: see Shaq on here? Cause Shaq got he got some real nigga he's suppressing.
3: Oh man. <laughs> you <know what> I'm <laughs>
0: but it's only because of yeah, it's, the. It's lane. What is he, he in? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if he get around, y'all, we'll he let, let, it, let it out to me
3: on text messages all the okay. time, yeah, trust okay, me. He man, let, man, it, he let text, it out.
0: Yo, he was one of the
4: craziest team. I can't wait to talk about, man. The shit he used to do in the locker room. If he talks about it, it's gonna blow people away. That motherfucker was a seven foot two. 360-pound kid. Yeah, like a median. funny yeah. as a motherfucker. But see, anyway. that's the
0: inside info that y'all have that right. other people don't have. Right. Like, you was in the locker room with Shaq. Doing mm-hmm. shit. So the conversations are different. That's why, even if you watch a show like Drink Champs with Nori, right, the reason Nori can talk to these guys the way he does is he, he was, was there. on the with them. He there. was inside information. Yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. what
4: AI was saying with us, because we've been there. We felt every emotion. We've been, you know what I mean? So I like that, Shaq. Good Five right. dinner guests. Dead or Alive?
0: Oh, man. Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Pop, Nip, and who? Maya Angelou.
4: Ooh. Considering the climate we're in right now, one book you would recommend for people to read?
0: Mess- well, for black people, or just in general? I tell everybody, man, you gotta if you've never read A Message to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad, that's an amazing book for every black man on this planet to read. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different life lessons that we can apply to what's going on now. From Mm -hmm. politics, to diet, to, you know, mental health, mindfulness, everything. It's like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was was 80 years ahead of everybody Mm -hmm. when he wrote
4: that book. On the flip side, people who are trying to align with us, a book you would recommend for them to read or understand us? Honestly, to understand us, man, I think um, the autobiography of
0: Malcolm X. And the reason I say the autobiography of Malcolm X is because... You see what happens when a black man is, is, is put in a certain environment, right? But you also see what happens when a black person is provided opportunity. Because mm-hmm. I always say the greatest book about growth and evolution that I've ever read in my life is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Malcolm Little going to Malcolm X. And I think mm-hmm. that's what, one thing people don't understand about the nation of Islam. They provide that opportunity for black people that America's not. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. They provide those tools and those resources for mm-hmm. black people that America's not. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can get a Malcolm Little to turn into a mm-hmm. Malcolm X. That's mm-hmm. how you can get a Cassius Clay to turn into a Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I I, I think that if, if white people read that book, they would understand that you know, black people aren't inherently evil. You know what I mean? This system put us in a fucked up position. Mm-hmm. And in order for this system to, 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 to really atone for its sins, it's gotta provide things for us to get us out
4: Ooh. this fucked up position. Ooh. And
0: since we know that's not gonna happen, we're
4: gonna have to do it ourselves. Straight <laughs> right up. Last right. question. Who is your one figure you look up to? Dead or Alive? A lot. Oh, that's Jay-Z, for sure. Definitely. Who's yours? Mm, good question. <laughs> Explain yours and then I'll I'll give you mine. Jay Z, Jay-Z,
0: Jay-Z okay. for me, because and you're so crazy, when I when I first listened to Jay-Z, I didn't I didn't like Jay-Z. Only because like, you know, I come from the south. I was into like the, the gritty, grimy stuff. So it was just like, yo, this dude was talking about so much money and all that big willy talk. I was like, I don't want to hear that. But the reason I, I look up to him is because it's just like watching his evolution from uh coming in the game as a rapper, entrepreneur. But the things he used to talk about to all, to always, when I say always, always showing us where he's at in his life. Mm-hmm. If you listen to every Jay-Z album, you could tell exactly where he was at in his life. He went from the player mm-hmm. who was kicking girls out at six in the morning to now being the husband, mm-hmm. family man, going to therapy. And if you've ever had the, the pleasure of just being up at Rock Nation, it's just like, like that's what you would want your company to look like. Mm-hmm. It's his family and it's his... His longtime he is friends. Yeah, he's really like the blueprint, you know, and, and the way he just quietly shows up for his people mm-hmm. all the time. Like and has been doing it for all years. Mm-hmm. We just getting hip to all of the things that, the that that he's done. But it's just like when I look at him, he's just a good um representation of what I think a black man is like you know you you dealt the worst hand mm-hmm. you make you make the you make the best of that hand you were dealt become a billionaire but you take your your people with you every step of the way the people that are willing to grow with you though right. mm-hmm. the every, ones that aren't willing to grow with you not meant to every, go. it ain't meant for everybody everyone's but the ones that are, that are that are willing to grow with you and that's supposed to be there they still with you and he represents that that to me
4: Jack to answer your question I, I guess I look at it different um, you know to be able to play as long as I play in the NBA my transition into this space there's people i look up to so he's one of them um Stephen a smith is one of them michael strahan who is to me the ultimate because he was able to cross from professional athlete to sports but then to mainstream media too and that's what i really want to do like i love sports but i want to transition into like real um life and then uh kevin frazier Kevin Kevin is dope. Kevin's helped me in this space. You told me one. I didn't know I could name more. Yeah, (laughs) well, Jack surprised me. I wasn't ready for my own question. Who's yours?
3: Uh, I think the only person I look up to is my little brother for the simple fact that I wanted to be that guy that dated one woman through high school, had kids by working, one family doing everything the right way. I got kids all over the place. Yes, you do. You know what I'm saying? So that's
4: only because you're allergic to condoms, so that's not really that, your fault. That, that's not what it was.
3: <laughs> that's not what it was. But uh, but uh, seriously, though, nah. I, I honestly look up to my little brother because he's done everything the right way. Obviously, he wanted my life. He wanted to play basketball, <clears throat> but it didn't work out for him. But his life and the way the man he is and how he takes care of our whole family, when mm-hmm. anybody calls, he there for him that's the that's the man I really want to Shout be.
4: out to Snap Marley. Yeah, shout out to Snap Marley. He got some twins, too. they the same age as my got, twins, yeah, right? Yeah, he got twins and yeah. a junior. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy you say that about,
0: because it's, it's, it's guys that I've, and I, I'm, I'm totally faithful to my wife now. I've been faithful for four years, since October of 2016. But, how long you been with her? Eh, 20, 22 years, <laughs> but that do you know I like it, mean? though, man. It's a change. <laughs> it's you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? You gave but, us a date. With what, 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 what Jack, that is real. It's like, yo, we do look up to these guys that are faithful to their women. Yeah. It's early different. on. You know different. what I'm saying? Like, it, like,
4: I didn't have that kind of discipline. Well, because you know there. how tough it is. You know how tough it is. Like, I admire anybody, the kids, because I've, I've never been perfect when it comes to that. That's that's a hard. That's did he have options, plans. though? Huh? That's another good.
0: Did
3: well, bro- well, I just I just think he understood what he wanted with his life at a young mm-hmm. age. You know what I'm saying? Like being seeing my grandmother, my grandfather, being together for so long. You know what I'm saying? My mom, you know, she really just dedicated our life to us it's certain things that triggered him to do things the right way. He was around me, he seen me doing all that stuff. He seen women around me. He was just so focused on doing things the right way. And that's what I wanted, but I was distracted by other shit. Yeah,
0: I I didn't want to do my household the way my father, and I love my pops, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to do my household the way I saw him do his household. Same here. You know what I'm saying? He got caught with his dick in the dirt. He's still with the same woman, so clearly that was meant to be, right? Right. But him and my mom got divorced, and that Mm kind of like, to me, Messed the family up, right? So I didn't, I didn't want to do that in my house. Ugh.
4: Right. You know. I can dig it. Right. Well, that's a wrap, <sighs> Charlotte Bay Man. We appreciate your time. Thank Bro, you. Great man. show.
3: They've been waiting yeah, on this. Yeah, it. great show. they been waiting show. on this, <laughs>
4: Man. Nah, thank you for having me. That's a wrap. All the smoke. You can find this on Showtime, Basketball, YouTube, and the iHeart Family Black Effects. Yes. Yeah. And All the Smoke Network coming soon. Ooh. Coming soon. Fuck
3: it, heard it. You bitch, you. You
4: bitch, <laughs> you. Shout out Snoop.
3: This is All the Smoke
2: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A rested child is a happy child.
0: Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide,